0: What's up everyone? Welcome into episode 57 of the Two Stripes podcast, the podcast that covers everything going on in the world of college football. I'm Colton Denning and I am your host coming to you on Thursday, September 6th, 2018 from beautiful Oakland, California. I want to welcome you into today's show. Reminder that you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, just search Two Stripes Podcast, subscribe, leave a review, leave me some feedback, let me know what you think about the show, find it on SoundCloud.com slash Two Pod, and it's on my YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Colton Denning, I'll have this episode up there and a cool video piece that accompanies it in relation to this game and one of the players in it, so be sure to check that out, I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. As far as today's episode goes, I'm going to continue with what I did last week in previewing the Notre Dame-Michigan game by bringing two opposing sides of the coin onto the show and talking about the game from their perspective. And it's another rivalry game and one of my favorite rivalries in college football and one that I personally grew up in in Boulder, Colorado and going to CU games, and that's CU Nebraska. This is the first time these two have played since... 2010 when they were both still in the Big 12 which is crazy to think about that one it's been that long and two that there are college football players and people watching the sport and students that don't remember when these two were in the Big 12 and only remember them for where they are now and that's in the Pac-12 for CU and the Big 10 for Nebraska but this is a great rivalry and I'm glad that it's back And It's going to be in Lincoln this year, and then they're doing uh, Boulder next year for the home-and-home, and And I think that's it, but you would assume that this is a rivalry game that will be here and there with the way that college football scheduling is done nowadays, but I love that this one's back, and it was super fun to speak with Evan Wiebe of Coronation.com. He's a returning guest. He helped me preview Nebraska season back in January so fun getting his perspective and then Ted Chalfin of Ralphie Report 2 getting the Colorado side of things so we might as well get right into it this is one of my favorite rivalries and I hope uh, if you're not a CU or Nebraska fan you can learn a little bit and if you are welcome back and let's get ready for a fun game on Saturday here are Evan Wiebe and Ted Chalfin talking CU Nebraska. I know what this rivalry means to me and growing up with it, going to CU Nebraska games, but it's been gone for a while, so it was fun to hear the perspective from each of these guys about what it means that it's back, starting with Ted.
1: For CU fans, it's right now we think of it as a chance to sort of reframe this rivalry and and maybe put it in somewhat different terms because it's no secret to anyone that the rivalry was fairly one-sided for most of its for most of its history. And I think now that the teams are in different conferences and they'll be meeting occasionally in, instead of every season, I think there's a lot of anticipation and hope that maybe by picking off a few of these games they can sort of change the national perception of where the the program is at and obviously Scott Frost being hired is going to present a challenge or at least everyone seems to think that it will. But this year, people seem to feel like they have a very good chance of winning this game, even though it's in Lincoln, because Frost doesn't really have his players in there yet. And he's starting a true freshman quarterback and all of that. So people are very, very excited in, in buff land for this game.
0: The same can be said for Nebraska fans, even the ones that aren't old enough to remember when the rivalry was at its peak.
1: I think we're excited.
2: There's been a lot of trash talk on Twitter, especially between uh, students. So I think uh, especially the students were really excited to show uh, the Buffalo fans what we've got. I know a lot of the older fans are pretty excited, too. But a lot of the students that are here right now grew up in the final years of the Nebraska and Colorado rivalry in the Big 12. So it's something that we know, probably not as much as the older generations. Um, we don't really understand the hatred, I guess, as much as the older people. But, uh, you know, we, we still know about the rivalry, and that's still it's still a game we really want to
0: win. With the way college football scheduling works nowadays, it's probably just not feasible for these teams to play every single year. But it's cool to hear that the interest is there to keep the rivalry alive.
2: It it's really hard because with the rise of Iowa State, I think that you know, with Scott Frost coming back, he he wants to play some of our top non conference games as like playing Iowa State, Kansas State, Missouri. Um, and with you know, how, how college football schedules their seasons each year, you know, they usually have the one power five opponent and then The two, group of five, or one FCS team. So it's a little challenging because I know some Husker fans are split. Some people would like Oklahoma to get scheduled every year. Some people want a mix between Oklahoma, Colorado, and uh, other Big 12 schools like Missouri. But I think that most Husker fans would say that they would like to play old Big 12 team probably close to every year whether that's Colorado or Oklahoma or Iowa State or Missouri or something like that.
0: In the lead-up to this game, it seems like CU has stressed how important this rivalry is for the program.
1: If you listen to what a lot of players have been saying in press conferences, they've mostly mentioned things like, oh yeah, it's been imparted on us how important this game is by people like Darian Hagan and people like Bill McCartney came in and was at CU's press conference this week. They've brought in people to try to make it, to make it clear to, to the players who were all 10, 12 years old the last time these teams played how important this rivalry is. I think if you're a fan that has a strong love of the history and you're a younger fan, then you get it. But I think for a lot of people who weren't around when this rivalry, not just when it was still being played, but when it was – when it was really hot, and it, to be fair, hasn't really been since the earlier part of the 2000s, I think it doesn't quite connect with you unless you're somebody who really understands the history and and wants to. But I think there's no replacement for being there. I think the people who were there are the people who are probably the most hyped up and the most ready to, to play this game because they remember what it used to feel like.
0: Definitely the weirdest thing about this game is that Nebraska still hasn't played yet. Their week one opener versus Akron was canceled due to weather. So is that going to be an advantage or a disadvantage, neutral, anything?
2: I personally thought coming out of last weekend that it was going to be a disadvantage for Nebraska. I I mean, even in my play, playing time in uh, junior high, high school, whatever, all every coach would tell us every team gets better the most between – week one and week two of the season so i think it's definitely a disadvantage for nebraska that they haven't played the first game now the the one good thing is scott frost is he's in his first year at nebraska so colorado has absolutely no film on how our personnel is going to be. I mean, it's a completely different system than last year, which was the pro-style offense, which obviously didn't work. So, you know, with this more spread, uh, up-tempo offense, it's a little bit of an advantage there, but I think overall it's more of a disadvantage that we didn't get to play.
0: Whether it's an advantage or a disadvantage remains to be seen, but it's clear that the hype for Scott Frost's first game in Nebraska and the pressure will probably be a little greater this week against Colorado than it would have been playing that first game against Akron.
1: I've talked myself into it being an advantage just because that's kind of where I'm at in terms of drinking the Kool-Aid at this point. I think CU is going to have obviously the disadvantage that they have no idea what this quarterback is really capable of because he hasn't played a game in two years, and they don't know exactly what Frost's system is going to look like with this personnel group. But at the same time, I do feel like there are often things that go wrong in a first-game setting. And I think because now whatever hype and anticipation there was, it was already at a fever pitch in Lincoln for the Akron game, it's now going to be magnified many, many times because – this is the first game of the year that's been delayed a week, so everybody has this great sense of anticipation and the sense of uh, their ex- excitement being unfulfilled from last week. But now it's it's a rivalry game, and it's a game against a far stronger opponent than Akron. And so it's just going to be absolutely insane in that stadium. And I'm curious how the Nebraska squad is going to handle those those expectations and all of that pressure, whereas I feel like while there will be pressure on CU, they know that they went out and they had a pretty solid performance last week, and they might be able to go into the game with a sense of, hey, all the pressure's on the Huskers. We can come in and we can sort of just play our game and wait and see if they make mistakes.
0: Other than Frost's return, the biggest storyline in this game has to be the Huskers' starting true freshman quarterback Adrian Martinez. What does he bring to the table, and how is he going to handle the pressure of this being his first game?
2: He hasn't played a game in, I think, around two years now, close to two years, because he had a shoulder injury during his senior season that uh, sidelined him for the whole year. Uh, So with him being out of football, out of contact, I mean, I'm sure he has a little bit of contact in practice, but... With him being in a regular just game against a power five team, I would say, though, I'm nervous. I don't know. I can't speak for all Husker fans here, but I'm nervous, you know, and just to play off on that, he's going to make mistakes. He's a true freshman, but I am. Concerned about the weather once again to see what it does because the you know weather in Nebraska is so unpredictable. It it'll probably be a blizzard on Saturday morning with the hurricane pushing its way into in the afternoon, then sunny and a hundred and ten degrees at night. But you know, I am just really concerned about how he's going to do if it does in fact rain.
0: To put it bluntly, CU defense was terrible last year but they look great against CSU. Now Nebraska has a lot more talent than the Rams do, and it would seem that if CU wants to have any success, their defensive line needs to play much better than they did last season.
1: You never know exactly what you're getting with a Big Ten team, but there's an assumption that they're going to have a lot of size up front and that they're going to try to dominate the line of scrimmage. And it's no secret that Colorado's had a lot of trouble, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, controlling the line in the last couple of years. They're not the biggest offensive or defensive lines, and you may notice that none of the players that I mentioned that first came to mind that were some of the best players on CU's defense were linemen. And I think that's the thing that concerns me most, that CU won't be able to control the line of scrimmage at all and won't be able to get consistent pressure on the quarterback.
0: When it comes to Nebraska's offense, everybody's been focused about Martinez and how he's going to look, but it's not like Nebraska has a shortage of skill players for him to get the ball to.
2: I really expect us to put up a lot of yards. No matter how good Colorado's defense is this year, I mean, they shut down Colorado State pretty nicely. um, But... No matter how good Colorado is on defense this year, I expect us to put up a good bit of yards. Uh, we have, you know, Stanley Morgan Jr. almost had his the first 1,000-yard receiving season in Nebraska football history last year. He's a playmaker that we can go downfield to. You know, like you said, J.D. Spielman, fast guy, more of a slot receiver. He's going to be good. We got Mike Williams coming in from EMCC, and then you got Tajon Lindsey. Plus, you have Greg Bell at running back, Devino Zigbo, Maurice Washington, and Miles Jones. I think all four of those guys are definitely going to play a lot. But one guy to watch out for, I would say, is Maurice Washington. Because he he's really fast. And he has the ability, he's like a one-cut back. I mean, obviously we haven't seen him play, but... I know all Husker fans were super excited when he was declared eligible by the NCAA earlier in August.
0: Probably the biggest wild card for Colorado this season is quarterback Steven Montez. Over the past two years, he's showcased some really high highs and some pretty low lows. He looked great against CSU in week one, and as he goes, it seems like this offense is going to go, and he appears pretty confident about what he's going to bring to CU this season.
1: That was what everyone was saying coming into the season, that it was really all going to be whether Montez had improved over last season. And he was so confident in all of his remarks to the media in the preseason that I think a lot of people were wondering, well, okay, is is this guy going to be as good as as he seems to think he is? And he absolutely went out there and showed it on Friday night against CSU. Now, obviously, Hawaii also looked pretty good. Against CSU but to be fair Hawaii also looked quite good against Navy last week So I think it remains to be seen how awful CSU's defense really is but Steven Montez if he's rolling he's Such an incredible talent he has such a great arm and he has You know the mobility That he's the guy that can Absolutely win you games that you wouldn't otherwise win And so I think a lot of people in Boulder are excited to see whether that's the Steven Montez that we're going to get all season. I would hope that it is. I'm just going to be very curious to see how he performs against a, a power five defense. albeit one that gave up a lot of points last year, but still you would expect would have a lot more speed, a lot more size up front that will be able to get more pressure on him. It's a greater level of talent overall than Colorado state.
0: One of the things that's going to help Montez find that consistency is sophomore wide receiver Lavisca Chenault, who, if the CSU game is any indicator, is going to be a very, very bad man this season.
1: Can we talk? Can I just talk a little bit about about Lavisca Chenault, like?
0: Yeah, speak on it, man.
1: Goodness gracious, this this guy, CU hasn't had an athlete like him in terms of in terms of size. For those of you who don't know, he's a he's a sophomore wide receiver didn't play a whole lot last year because CU was loaded with seniors that a lot of people or the the uh, fan base think maybe undeservedly were getting playing time uh, because of their status uh, by the end of last year. And um, guys like Juwan Winfrey and LaVisca Chenault were were suffering in playing time because of it. Chenault is uh, an athletic freak, the likes of which the, the Buffaloes have not had in quite some time. He's from DeSoto, Texas. He was recruited by Darren Shenerini, who's the offensive coordinator now, and he just made the Colorado State defense look like Swiss cheese on Friday night, and I'm really really excited to see what he's able to do in this game because I don't know that there's a way that you can that you can really cover a guy like that because they put him at different they put him in different positions. They put him sometimes and at tight end, they can even have him take direct snaps as a running back. He's just one of those people that at this level, because of his because of his size and his speed, he can do almost anything he wants. And as somebody who's spent years watching a team that kind of had a, a, a defect in terms of not having enough physical specimens on, on their roster, it's really amazing to watch a guy like that and I'm very hopeful that he has a big game on Saturday.
0: Nebraska's defense, also not good last season, so you could probably expect a lot of points in this one.
2: One of the things that I think helps Nebraska is that Colorado's offense likes to, likes to spread the field, and Nebraska's offense does the same thing. So all throughout spring and fall camp, our defense has been practicing against the spread the field style that our offense brings to the table. So I think that that helps them in a sense. I mean, as we've discussed, not playing the first game really hurts. And I I am a little bit concerned about the conditioning aspect because of the Colorado's offense. I would have liked to have gotten a game under our belt just to see how we do with akron because akron has a mobile quarterback so i expect i expect this to be a high scoring game i wouldn't say it was it would be like a 2007 high scoring game but i expect nebraska to give up a good bit of yards to colorado
0: winning this game is obviously important for both of these teams but for cu it it feels like a win in lincoln could jump start the season after this, they have home games against New Hampshire and what looks like is going to be a pretty bad UCLA team in Chip Kelly's first season in L.A. So a season that starts with a blowout win against CSU and then beating Nebraska on the road would be a hell of a start for a team that looked pretty up in the air coming into 2018.
1: Everyone that I know is is sort of thinking that way and thinking ahead. And uh, it's been it's been nice to have sort of the, the as I mentioned, the Kool-Aid phase extend into September. There's been plenty of years in the not too distant past where that's been an August only thing and we've been hit with a harsh dose of reality in, in week one. I think back to week one losses against teams like Hawaii and, and against Colorado State way back in, in twenty fourteen. Everybody is is very hopeful and I think they have a reason to be because I, I think that this is definitely not going to be as good of a Nebraska team as the one that's going to be coming into Boulder next year. But there is still a bit of a pessimist in me. And I've seen the things that Colorado football has done in the last oh, 10, 15 years. And so for me to believe that they I have seen it once two years ago, they really did put, put it all together. But, uh, I think, yeah, it's going to be, if they win big on, on Saturday, I think, yeah, absolutely quit pumping the brakes, go all in on, on this team. But this is a huge, a huge test, but I'm excited. I'm very excited, more excited than I've been for a game, certainly since November of, of, of 2016, when they were playing, you know, those games of national importance against, uh, Washington state and Utah.
0: As always, turnovers are going to play a huge part in who wins this game.
1: I think Nebraska wins
2: this game if they take care of the ball on offense and get the ball to the playmakers. And I don't really see that being a problem, but they also need their defense to create turnovers. Now, Nebraska will lose this game if they struggle on offense with the true freshman quarterback and their defense doesn't create turnovers my official prediction for saturday is nebraska 45
1: colorado 35
0: one thing's for sure it's going to be a charged up environment in lincoln and it should be a lot of fun
1: my official prediction is that it's going to be a tight game and that the crowd is going to be they, they've they kind of dismissed the, the crowd in, in in press conferences and i think they're going to be even those players who played at michigan are going to be quite surprised i think nebraska is a much louder more engaged fan base than michigan fans are i don't think they've ever heard anything like that in the pac-12 or anything really close and so i think that's going to be challenging and i think that nebraska's problem i think that all of their energy is actually going to help them that they'll, they'll come out strong but honestly just total homer pick not because nebraska hasn't even played a single snap this year just based on what i saw last week and based on what i want I'm going to say that the Buffs take this game 38-31.
0: There you have it. Shout out to both Evan and Ted for joining the show, talking about the game, talking about the rivalry. I'm super stoked that it is back and that we can watch Colorado and Nebraska play again on Saturday. Also, be sure to visit both RalphieReport.com and Cornation.com. You can follow them on Twitter at RalphieReport and at Coronation. And you can follow Evan on Twitter at Weeby underscore in the city. And Ted is on Twitter at the ghost of Marv. If you want to get at me on Twitter, I am at DubsCo. You can find me talking college football, a little bit of wrestling, and everything in between there. More importantly, if you like the show today, please be sure to subscribe, go to Apple Podcasts, search Two Stripes Podcast, find this episode, all the old episodes, all the upcoming episodes of the 2018 season and beyond there. Leave a review, leave me some feedback, let me know what I can do to make this show the best it can possibly be. And also go to SoundCloud.com slash Two Stripes Pod, find all of them there as well. And YouTube. Earlier, I mentioned that there was a tie-in with this episode. I just put up uh, LaVisca Chenault's highlights from the CSU game are all up on my YouTube channel. It's about a three-minute video, his 11-catch, 211-yard game, and he had a rushing first down, too. He's, he's a bad dude. I can't wait to watch him. On Saturday, He is so much fun to watch play football. But that is up on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Colton Denning. You can check that out along with this episode there. And any other college football stuff that I throw up on the YouTube channel. It's usually Ohio State stuff, Maurice Claret highlights, uh, Nick Bosa stuff, Braxton Miller stuff. There's it's a lot of old school Ohio State stuff, but focusing on throwing up more just general college football stuff this season so be on the lookout for that youtube.com slash colton denning and you can follow the show along there i hope you all enjoyed the 57th episode of the two straps podcast i know some of you have been around for a long time i appreciate it and if you're a new listener want to thank you and hope that you stick around for all of the 2018 season and further as we go along on this college football ride until next time though want to thank you one last time for listening to the show my name is colton denning and this is the two stripes podcast